0: Oh my goodness. It was just so wonderful. and This uh, song came on my heart as I was praying. Of course, there's no light. And, uh, <clears throat> and I've cried myself, Magoo. <laughs> Little squinty eyes, you know, that can't hardly see. So I'm so thankful that what we do, we do for God. Is that right? And this song is called Above All. Because that's what he is. I don't know about no one else, but he is above all. Hallelujah. Above all my trouble, above all my sickness, above all discouragement, or anybody who tries to discourage, he's above all. And if those spies had just went a little further when they were searching out the promised land, you know, they went a little piece and they saw all that fruit, and they're like, oh my God, look how big the fruit is. And then they went a little further, a little higher up on the hill, I imagine. They looked down into the valley and they said, Oh my God, look at those giants, how big they are. And they stopped. But if they have just went a little further, maybe to worship, they could have saw God. And they could have said, Oh, what a big God we serve though. Amen. Amen. Above all power, above all kings, above all nature and all created things above all wisdom wisdom and all the ways of man you were here before the world began crucified Laid behind the stone, you lived to die, rejected and alone, like the rose trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of being above all. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones. Come on, y'all know what that is, the above all thrones? It's not talking about the Queen in England. It's talking about all them thrones that we set up in our heart. Amen. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders. The world has ever known above all wealth and treasures of this earth. Well, there's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucified, laid behind a stone. You live to die, rejected hand alone. Like a rose that was trampled on the ground You took the fall and thought of me Above all So above all powers and above all kings Above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before this world began. Crucified and laid behind a stone, you lived. Rejected and alone like the rose trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of me above all. So above all those kingdoms that we've built and created ourselves. And above all thrones all those gods who set themselves in His seat. Above all wonders this world has ever known. Above all wealth and treasures of this earth. Come on somebody. There's no way to measure what you're worth. Crude found and laid behind a stone, you lived to die, rejected and alone, like the rose trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me above. Amen. That one line where it says, you took the fall. You know what that means? He died in my place. He was humiliated, so I didn't have to be. He was beat for me in my place. He took all of that. Amen. So I could go free. (laughs) There's a song... uh, that I ain't even going to try to attempt. But one of the verses, I mean, it tears me up, Kevin. Oh, my God. It says it pleases God to look at him. (laughs) And pardon me. (laughs) Not look at him, you know, glorified, but to look at him beaten, to look at him bruised, to look at his soul suffering in hell. It pleases God to look at that. And then to pardon me. <laughs> I'm not worthy of that. I don't know about nobody else, but man, that tears me up to think somebody took my place for something I was guilty of. Amen. But I am so thankful he did. Do you know why? Because I couldn't have paid it. <laughs> I couldn't have done it. I could have, I could have never made it. Amen. But he did. He he did. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we have redemption today. That means we're in right standing with God because He was willing to go not part of the way, not half of the way, not three quarters of the way, but He went all the way so that I could be totally free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And He didn't stay in those torments, shackles, and chains. Hallelujah. There's an empty tomb. (laughs) Glory to God. He lives and He reigns. And we have this freedom, glory to God, that we can feel His Spirit. Do you know how miserable it must be for people who walk around godless? I can't even fathom. No wonder there's so much suicide and so much alcoholism and so much addiction. People looking for comfort, looking for something. And the devil's got something to offer. But now you know what God has to offer? us he offers his son through us to the hurting the broken those in bondage those in chains those in shackles amen so it's not God's fault and I'm not going to beat nobody up this morning I mean it's just it's just a general statement to the church to me I'm part of that that if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing and letting our light shine then it's not God's fault if the world gets darker and darker and darker and our loved ones are in bondage, bondage, bondage. Amen. Because God sent His Son through us now. He said it is imperative. That was what that word expedient means. It's absolutely necessary. It's imperative. It's expedient that I go away. Because if I go not away, the comforter can't come. Which means if I go and, and, or if I have to stay, guess what? Nothing's going to happen. Just wherever I'm at, that's the only person that's going to get touched. What if God was in Mexico and we was needing a deliverance for our children today? Amen. But he said, if I go, the comforter will come and he'll come through every one of you. (laughs) Amen. He's coming through every one of us. Now we have that light that we can shed it abroad. I want to read a scripture. And I don't really feel like I'm going to be very long because I'm so full. I've already, my cup's bubbled over. Amen. My cup has bubbled over. Maybe Brother Donald or, or, or somebody can come on. But there's a scripture in Isaiah 40. And I really like this. I was thinking about it, meditating on it. I heard a little preacher say something about uh, running. Running and, and, and resting on the Lord. It's in Isaiah 40. It's the last verse. We're going to start with verse 29, but verse 31 is where I'm wanting to go to. Uh, he, as in God, he giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Well, I could just praise the Lord right there. Because <laughs> there's sometimes I feel like I run in my own strength, and I run right into a wall every time almost. <laughs> but then there's sometimes when I feel like I don't know how in the world I'm going to make it. And there's been times I've looked back, Sister Kathy, and said, I don't know how in the world I did make it. But you know what? Then I'm reminded, in my weakness, He is made strong. Hallelujah. Amen. He has a way of escape for us. Hallelujah. That we might be able to bear it. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that hath no might, He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint. Now, what he's talking about, he's talking about nowadays, you're going to see people. I mean, the suicide rate, you know, it used to be older generations. That's where the suicide rate was. Uh, the daddies who lost their jobs in, in the stock market in uh, what mama used to call Hoover days, <laughs> Hoover time. Mm-hmm. There was people jumping at adults. Jumping out of buildings. They, the, the daddies couldn't deal with the loss of wealth, the loss of their jobs. They didn't know how they were going to take care of their family. So the, their only alternative was to die. Little mamas had so many children, didn't know how to take care of them, couldn't feed them, and her only uh, option, she felt like, was to die. But now the suicide rate, you know where it's at? It's not in the adults. It's in the young people, Brother Donald. The devil's reaching for our youth. And don't think, because i not tell you something. Oh my God, they grow up so fast. Don't think, oh, you know, they're just little. I'll take them to church and they'll hear preaching and they know mama loves God. They know daddy loves God. They'll, they'll figure it out. No, no. the the influence of darkness is upon them. And it's everywhere they go in this culture. It's in the media that they watch. It's in the media that they listen to. It's in your schools. And God help, it's sometimes in the churches that we're taking them to. So if you're not talking to them regularly on the count of, you know, I, I'm part of that generation, that thought, you know, my kids know better than this. They know better than this. And now I'm having to plow even deeper, ain't Pat? Now I'm having to plow even harder. Amen. Because now they're out away from mama's influence. Mama can't make them live right. Mama can't make them do right. I got to trust God with it. Amen. And I, not only do I trust God with it, I plow a little deeper and I plow a little longer. Amen. Devil ain't getting mine. Devil is not getting mine. Verse 30 Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Now verse thirty-one is, is is very pivotal, and we've heard it a thousand times. I just want to I just want to talk to you for just a second, though. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, listen at that category and the order that God puts this in. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, this is according to man. According to the way I would think, if I was going to categorize that, I would say they're going to learn to crawl, then they're going to learn to walk, and then they're going to learn to run, and then they're going to get up enough speed, they're just going to lift their wings and fly. I mean, in all reality, wouldn't that be the category that we put it in or the chronological order that we would put it in? You learn to walk, and then you run. And then after you get up enough speed, you just lift your arms and you, you, you lose gravity. Amen. That's not the order God put it in. Listen at the order God put it in. Yes, I know. I love it. They that wait upon the Lord. That's the very first thing he says do. Wait. Wait upon the Lord. Reminds me over in uh, Chronicles. First, no, it's not Chronicles. It's 1 Kings. 1 Kings, I think it's around chapter 17. God spoke to Elijah. And what did he say? He said, Go hide yourself for three years. Go hide yourself. He didn't tell him how long. He said, Just go hide yourself. And the whole time he was hiding himself, you know what he was doing? Waiting. He's just waiting. He wasn't doing nothing. He was waiting. He was in hiding. Hiding. A lot of times we need the first thing we need to do, and whenever something blows up or something happens or something, you know, it's out of our control, instead of immediately trying to do something about it, we just simply need to wait. Wait on God. When we start a service, amen. If you don't have a direction from God, then just wait. Amen. If you don't have a direction from God, just wait. If it's your time, if you've been scheduled to 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 speak, either to start the service or do the Sunday school or or to even to minister, there's been times. I mean, I have come out and, and been scheduled. I went a hundred miles in one direction or more to, to get to minister at some place, and you just you just your wheels is just spinning. So you know what you do? You wait. If you don't, then you're just killing time, anyways. Go to prayer. Pray about it. Reach for it. Find out what the mind of God is. Because that's what God told Elijah to do. He said, Elijah, I'm fixing to use you in some mighty, powerful ways. Mighty, powerful ways. Not not headaches and toothaches. You're going to call fire down from heaven in front of the king and queen. You're going to call fire down from heaven. You're going to kill the prophets of Baal. My God, that was the opposing force that withstood God. Could you imagine if one person, God chose one person, sister Cat, to stand up against the forces of hell that's in America today? Hallelujah. To stand up against liberalism, all this junk that's going around, even in our churches. There's some of the most liberal churches now calling themselves holy. But it's all I ever saw. Could you imagine if God called you one person? To stand up against all the darkness that's in America today. That's exactly what he called Elijah to do. But you know what he did? He said, now come here. I want you to just wait for a minute. Sit like Esther did. Sit in the bath for a while. Sit in the oil and soak up the aroma. Soak up the anointing. Soak up the power, amen. Just sit. A lot of people saying, do something, do something. And you just got to say, hold on a second. <laughs> just hold on a second. I'm going somewhere. You can't see me going nowhere because it's happening on the inside. <laughs> it's happening on the inside. But I'm soaking up some fuel, man. I'm soaking up some anointing. I'm soaking up some God because He's calling me for something big, Amen. And when he calls us in this day and time, it's going to be for something big. You know why? Because we got a big opposition out there. A big opposition out there. If you're going to win your family, it's going to be something big. Yeah. Amen. Come on. If you're going to win your neighbor, if you're going to win your coworker, it's not going to happen overnight. You're just going to walk up and say, let me lead you in the Lord's Prayer. Uh-uh. Because the next day, they're right back to doing what they were doing. Amen. we got to sit for a while. we got to wait on the Lord. Elijah waited on the Lord. And then all of a sudden, you know what God said do? He didn't say, now go walk. What I would have said do. All right, now that you've got this anointing, this is what we're going to do. Just go walk and try it out. He didn't try out Mount Carmel. (laughs) Can you imagine? I mean, there hadn't been no fire called down. Not at this point. I mean... I'd be striking some matches and throwing them up. Is there any any propane coming down from heaven? I'd be throwing some stuff up just to make sure. But no, whenever God said, now, get up and go. The Bible says in chapter 18, after I think it was three, three and a half years, God spoke to him and said, okay, come out of the cave now, and I want you to go down, and I want you to uh, get everybody together. We're going to have a contest. And he was so revved up. (laughs) He was so revved up in that cave that what he did was he mounted up with wings as eagles and he just flew down there. He said, get them all together. We're having a contest. Amen. And in our youth and in our zeal, that's exactly what we do. Man, I remember when I first got saved, there was nothing that stopped me. I wasn't afraid of no devils. I wasn't afraid of anybody. Amen. It didn't matter if they wanted to gnaw on me. I'd stand right up the next day. They'd chew on me, Kevin, one Sunday morning. I'd get right back up the next Sunday morning. Chew some more. Chew some more. Amen. I, I mounted up. I mean, as soon as I had waited for a while and, and I'd got that word in me, I had read, I had studied, and the anointing came on me, I came out of there running. I came out flying. Amen. And the very first thing Elijah did is he said, Get them all together. And then he said, go pour some water on it. Go pour some water on it. I'd be like, what? What is he doing? Okay, this is going to be a hard one for God. (laughs) Without the water. (laughs) This is going to be a hard one for Elijah's faith. But not Elijah. He'd done been sitting. He'd done been basking. He'd done been communicating. He'd been waiting. See, you don't wait on God. You wait with God. Hey, 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 this is what I say about road trips all the time. It don't matter how far I go as long as I got good company. Yeah. Now, if I have to ride somewhere with a bunch of screaming youngins, and I, I love kids, don't get me wrong, but screaming youngins get on my nerves real quick. If I had to ride thirty minutes with a bunch of screaming youngins, or with somebody who just went about stuff that I care nothing about, just great on my nerves, great on my nerves. Then I would be like, stop the car. I can't go. <laughs> I can't do it. But I could ride 10 hours with good company. I could ride forever, Brother Donald. I mean, and whenever I'm riding by myself, I get bored. So you know what I do? I put good preaching on. And I, Because the radio gets on my nerves too. Because you might get one good song in an hour. I'm not saying all songs are bad. They're not. There's a lot of worship songs I love, amen, and I don't have a playlist, so i got to, you know, the radio. But I'm not going to listen to 30 minutes worth of stuff grating on me to hear one good one. When I just put in a a preaching CD or a preaching cassette, and I'm set to go, amen. It's all about the company you're with. Are you going to sit in dirty water for 30, 40 minutes or three years, or are you going to get in that (laughs) aromatherapy? Where I light you some candles and you baskin. basking. Basking. Not bathing. Basking. Elijah was with God three and a half years. Just waiting. And getting full. And getting full. And getting confident. Amen. Getting confident. And then whenever God opened the gate, he took off fire. Amen. And then, the Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. He took off wide open, straight down there. They shall run and not be weary. (laughs) They shall run and not be weary. So the very first thing he does in chapter 18 is he calls fire down. But then you know what? The second thing he did was he outrun a chariot. He flew down there, defeated the prophets of Baal, and says, okay, going to go up on the mountain. God said it's time to pray. Went walked up on the mountain, got down, and began to pray. And lo and behold, the the little servant said, I see a a cloud likened to a man's hand. Probably had fingers reaching out over the water or something. We don't know. But he said it was likened unto a man's hand. And Elijah said, That's it. Tell Ahab, get down. Well, Ahab had a ride, he had a chariot, he had horses. But you know what Elijah did? He had his two feet. The Bible said he ran. What does the Bible say here? It says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. He outran the chariot. He beat them into town. Amen. He did. Why? Because he had been with God. He had been basking. Amen. In the presence and the glory of God. That's what prayer does. That's what worship does. Amen. It gets you in the presence of God so you know what, so you can say what. Amen. And he immediately took off and he ran like an eagle down to Carmel. And then he immediately outrun the chariot. And then the next thing he did, the Bible said over in uh, chapter, I think it's 19 then. If we go First Kings chapter 19 verse 8. The Bible said, he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights. After he outran the chariot, he's kind of settling down now. That's kind of like us, right? I mean, when we first got saved, remember, we looked for a devil. We looked for a devil. We looked for people to help. It didn't matter if they were ready or ripe. We was going to pick them anyways. You're going to serve God. I'm going to pray God into you. (laughs) I'm going to convince you. You are my new hobby. <laughs> I will win you to God. You know? And you had, you had the wings of an eagle. You just soared around them day and night, day and night, soaring, soaring, soaring. And then as time run, went on a little bit, then we begin to slow down a little, but we're still running. Now we're getting appointments. We're going, we're going, we're running, we're running well. We're doing everything God told us to do. Amen? But now... We've got down and we've run out of energy. We've run out of strength. We've had some troubles and trials. We've had some prayers by now that God didn't answer. Come on, wave at me. I mean, we, uh, we've had some prayers that we knew. My God, we could quote them scriptures and we could handcuff God and make Him do our bidding. That's what we were taught. Yeah, pray anything in the name of the Lord and it shall be done. Every sickness shall be healed. Every disease, every pestilence, every dark day, there's no need to be depressed, there's no need to get down, there's no need to get discouraged because God is up, up, up. And then some things happened that didn't look like God, that didn't go along with our doctrine that we had been taught. Now we're kind of deflated a little. Oh, we still love God. We still love, and we're holding on to faith by a thread. Amen. we still going to church, but we're not flying anymore. And if the truth is known, we're not really running much. Amen. Because now we've got some wisdom and some baggage and stuff. But you know what God does? He's so good, ain't he? Somebody say he's good. The Bible said, and they shall walk and not faint. He knew what order to put it in, didn't he, In Isaiah? He knew exactly what mankind was and how we behave, how we think, how we act. He put it in the right order all along, didn't he? But I'm so thankful that he put that little bitty Scripture in there. That means so much to me. He said, after you just, you know, you ain't flying anymore and you really ain't running anymore, he said, I understand, Susie, that there's going to be times you're just going to walk. David said, there's sometimes I walk through a valley of death. And I get real, real scared. But God, you're there to comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they've never let me down. (laughs) I need somebody to raise your hands and right now and say, even though sometimes I get down and I have to walk. Sometimes I ain't flying anymore. Sometimes I ain't even running anymore. Sometimes I'm just walking, and it seems like death on my right hand. It seems like death on my left hand. Glory to God, you're still a comfort to me. <laughs> Your Word still consoles me, amen. I may not be taking them big luxurious baths in a great big sauna, amen. I may not have no uh, aromatherapy to put in my water. Uh, Sister Deborah, I may not have no candles to light. <laughs> it may just be me and uh, oil of olay, <laughs> But glory to God, I'm glad I can still find peace in God. I'm still glad I can pray and throw one up and he catches it. Amen. He lets me know, glory to God, that he ain't left me, he ain't forsook me, but he'd be a friend that would go with me all the way, even to the end. My God, is that right, somebody? Hallelujah. Chapter 19, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Eli, Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Sword, And then Jezebel sent messengers unto Elijah, and she said, I'm coming to get you, boy. <laughs> Have you ever heard the devil say that to you? I'm coming to get you. Yeah, you were soaring with an eagle. Yeah, you was running and out running the chariot. I heard about all you've been doing, and now guess what? I got my radar on you. You ever heard the devil whisper that? Maybe he ain't saying, I got my radar on you. Maybe he's saying, I got my radar on your kids. I got my radar on your kids i got my radar on your grandkids. I've got my radar on your husband or your wife. That dear thing to you. I've got my radar. And then you kind of begin to tremble. You kind of lose just a little bit of steam. Glory, glory, glory. But we've got to read on now. And when he... uh, And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came into Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree that he might request for himself that he might die. I mean, he's got down pretty low. He has hit, I think he's hit rock bottom. I mean, Elijah, he just saw the fire fall. He just, in his own flesh, in the Spirit of God, outrun a chariot. But now here he is, Jezebel has made this threat. I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to do for you what you've done to my prophets. And all of a sudden he says, you know what, I'm just going to go. And how many of us has done this? To save God from embarrassment. (laughs) Now, Not us, but God. To save God, any embarrassment on my part, I'm just going to die. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not going to try anymore. I'm just going to see it. I ain't going to partake in no sin, but I'll just slip off into oblivion. Nobody, everybody forget my name. <laughs> He's pretty low. <sighs> but the Lord said. <laughs> he said, Oh, Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. I ain't through with you yet. Arise and eat. I've got something prepared for you. See, when it's it's in our weakness, He is made strong. It's only when we run out of steam and stamina and zeal. Come on. Because a lot of us sometimes run, but it's in zeal and not in knowledge. That's what the Word of God says. A lot of us sometimes run, but we run in zeal and and not knowledge. But the further down the road you get, your steps may get a little slower, but you sure do got a lot more miles behind you, a lot more wisdom, a lot more wisdom, amen. And it's in some, a lot more wisdom. And it's in some of those hard trials that you really find out who God really is, amen. And when God says no, it's not because God can't, It's not because God won't, it's because God got something different in mind. Hallelujah! Somebody needs to raise your hand and say, you know what, the devil had me almost convinced that God wouldn't. God, uh, The devil almost had me convinced that God can't. And then all of a sudden, I see here in the scripture that he just wanted to slow me down so that he can show me who he really is. A lot of times we get going so fast, we can't tell what we're looking at. Amen! But when God slows us down, we can see the whole, uh, all four sides. Amen! We can see the four corners. Glory to God! Hallelujah! And the Bible said, And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals. <laughs> Hallelujah. Made just for him. A cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. Have you ever been to that place where the journey was too great for you. I was. I didn't understand, Brother Donald, why I didn't lose my mind. I I remember making the statement, how can the human mind facilitate this chaos? I mean, I've heard of people having nervous breakdowns where they simply lose their mind for a space of time. Some people never really recover. But their mind is under so much pressure, it just cracks. It literally cracks. And I have been to the place where I was like Elijah sitting under the juniper tree. Just go ahead, God. Crack me. Go ahead, God. I want to lose my mind. I can't, I can't handle the mental pressure. I can't figure it out. I can't pray it through. I can't walk it out. I need some relief. I'm at the end. And you know what? By and by, the Lord came by. And he said, Susie, I got a little cake for you. (laughs) Somebody needs to wave at God and say, God, I'm so thankful for that little cake you baked me five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. Whenever I had reached my quitting point, when I had reached my mental capacity, my God, then you baked a little cake for me. Now, I'm going to tell you, you can't pick up that cake up there in the air, amen. She's right here. You can't pick up that cake doing 90 miles an hour. You go by it too fast. But whenever you're just walking along, hey, when you're just walking along, just you and God, sometimes in the valley of death, in the shadow of the valley of death, amen. It just seems like a shadow all around you and you're in the dark. All of a sudden, you stumble across a little cake baked on purpose, baked on purpose, Amen. And as I'm coming to a close, glory to God, the Bible said, (laughs) amen, the Bible said, (laughs) and he arose and he did eat and he did drink. Hallelujah. He consumed it. Hallelujah. It's not good enough just to hear a word. you got to eat that word you got to consume it. It's not good enough to get these notes and put them on your pillow and sleep on them. It's not good enough to just have live stream and know it's there. you got to listen to it. Come on, somebody. Every now and then you got to pick your Bible up and find those scriptures and read it for yourself. Amen. And he consumed it. It's important to know. We've got to consume the, the thing that God has for us. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights. Unto the mount, unto Horeb, the mount of God. Walking alone, walking alone, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. And they shall walk and not faint. God has an order for us. Hallelujah. He's teaching us some things this morning. He's teaching us some things right here at New Testament Church, Elijah. We're walking alone. Not a lone, but a long, with a G. We're walking along, but God's right here beside of us. Hallelujah. And we're picking up morsels, and we're eating, and it's going to produce something. It's going to produce a strength, the strength of God that we can stand in these last days, hallelujah, and not faint. When all the world is fainting around us, men, women, political figures, movie stars, All these people are coming down. They're being brought down, whether it's through drugs or alcohol or suicide or scandals or whatever it is. They're losing their lofty positions. God is going to sustain us in this last day because it may be dark in Egypt, but there's a light in Goshen. Someone, come on, somebody. Raise your hand. Raise your hand and glorify God. Hallelujah. Who put that little light inside of us. Glory to God. It started out little, but it's growing every day. And as long as we keep a, a fan, the fire, glory to God, she's going to grow and she's going to grow because a light was not meant to be put under a bushel. God didn't save you. God didn't bring you into this church under this word to be hid. Amen. We're going to shine, shine, shine. Hey, Amen. Come on. Somebody stand to your feet and welcome our pastor.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? While we're standing, let's go to prayer. Let's ask God to help us today. I tell you, I'm really encouraged about what God's doing. And i got something I want to share with you all that's very exciting. So let's... Ask God to be with us today. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm asking you to bring a unity into our hearts. knit our hearts together in thy love. God, give us a heart to labor, a heart to seek, a heart to knock, a heart to ask. God, and to lay hold of that that you're setting before us. Almighty God, somebody's got to labor because there's multitudes in the valley of decision. Move by your spirit in this service today and let your name be honored and lifted up. Let the name that's above every name, the only name given under heaven whereby men might be saved, is that precious, holy, righteous name of Jesus. And we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all can go ahead and be seated. It's a good to be in the house of the Lord. I tell you, I'm excited. Oh, uh, because God's revealing Himself in a great way. And oh, uh, I don't know how many of you got a computer. You can pull the service up last week in Fort Payne, but the Spirit of the Lord fell on Brother Michael last week, and he was expounding almost exactly what I ministered here last week. I mean, he was almost word for word there for about 15 or 20 minutes. I mean, he didn't know what I was preaching. And then he was standing by the Bible stand, and you can see this when you watch the video. And Sister Pat, the power of God hit him, and he went flat down on his back. But in about three seconds, God stood him right back up on his feet. He didn't reach and get nothing, he didn't try to pull himself up. Says Susie saw it. We we looked at it the other night at the Bible study, says Kathy saw it, but he went down, Brother Kevin. Spirit of God knocked him flat down on his back, and in just like two seconds he was right back up on his feet. Spirit of God stood him up. And there was a power. There was a power that moved in that place. You could feel it. So God is beginning to move out of the ordinary. He's beginning to do something. You know, God spoke in His Word. And it's in one of the prophets, and I can't remember which one of the prophets, but Paul quoted it when he was ministering. He said, Behold ye, and wonder and despise. He said, For I will work a work in your day. (laughs) He said that you ain't going to believe it. Don't somebody tell you about it. If I tell people the Spirit of God knocked that man down and stood him right back up on his feet, they're gonna look at me and say, Yeah, right. But when you can see it with your eyes. And he texted me right after service last week and he said he said, I ain't never felt this way. He said, Man, there's something fell on me. I ain't never felt like I felt in that service. And that word just I mean, you can feel the power. You can just feel it and and I was talking to my son. Uh later on and he said daddy he said you gotta watch that." he said I ain't never seen the Spirit of God hit nobody he said you remember when you ministered to brother Michael when you was still there and you told him that God would eventually take him into an Apostles ministry I said yeah he said you remember what Spirit of God done I said yeah he said, he said, this is completely different. He said, but you could tell it was God. He said, because he went down on his back and in two or three seconds he stood him right back up on his face. I said, really? And I had to watch the video. But I ministered to Brother Michael. The Lord told me to, that he was called to be an apostle. And he was standing there, and Christopher was standing there. You know, Christopher was standing there helping me. And the Spirit of God took Brother Michael. I ain't never seen nothing like this. He was standing there and I laid hands on him when I did. Spirit of God picked him up and turned him horizontal. And he hung in the air for about two or three seconds and then just hit the floor. I ain't never seen nothing like it. Lisa you was there. I think y'all were there. Just Kathy, I don't know if he was there or not. But the Spirit of God just took him. I mean he's standing there, and I was praying for him, minister to him, and I told him the anointing of an apostle. And he's gonna be, it's gonna be like Paul and Silas. I said, the Spirit of the Lord's fixing, the, I said, there's coming today. And the Spirit of God just picked him flat up, just like that, and just turned him horizontal. And he hung in the air for just a couple of seconds, didn't he? boop. <laughs> he said, well, God. Yeah, God can. Oh, yeah, God can. Ain't you ever read, I think it was Daniel, the Spirit of the Lord visited him, or one of them, and, and it said, and the Spirit of the Lord stood me upon my feet? Or is that, maybe it's Ezekiel. But one of them, they fell on their face. And then he said, And the Spirit of the Lord stood me up on my feet. See, God does something. He got word to back it up. But we entered into a day that your eyes have never seen. Y'all go back and get the prophecy from September the 4th. And what God told us about this new and different anointing. That we're coming into something that no generation's ever been privileged to. Why? This is our day. This is our day that the fullness, the latter reign of the Holy Ghost, fixed and I believe God gave me the understanding of the fullness of what eternal life is this morning in prayer. We got into it the other night in the Bible study. That's a teaser. <laughs> You're going to have to stay all the way through the service to get this one, if I can hold it. But I believe God opened it up to me because the Lord started telling me the other night but the Lord's been talking to me about this for two or three years now even me and my daddy talked about it before he died my daddy come to me one day he said son I'm gonna tell you something the daddy loved God and God had give daddy some revelations in the scriptures and he said I'm gonna tell you something I said what well, he said there's a difference between just salvation and eternal life I said really and I just didn't pay no attention you know how we are. Oh, yeah. We think we know something. We think we got it together. We think we. Now, I'm going to tell you there's mysteries in that word that your eyes have never seen, your ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. What God hath prepared for them that love him. The prophet said for them that wait on him. What was the scripture Sister Susie was just quoting? They that wait upon the Lord. He said, I got something prepared for those of y'all that'll wait on me. Hallelujah. I got something prepared for those of y'all that wait on me. And Monday a week ago in prayer, you remember how the Spirit of Prayer fell in here, Sister Kathy? Monday a week ago, and the Lord started talking about earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes. That he was fixing to deal with this generation. Did you know since that time there's been three major earthquakes? California had a six point nine right off the coast of California this week. Don't think it done any damage. But then uh Indonesia had a six point five. And that's where that uh, big one hit back in two thousand and four. When I was praying here, Spirit of the Lord was on me and I said, things fixing to start happening. And people fixed start saying it's the hand of God. You know when that big tsunami hit back in 04 and it killed almost three hundred thousand people? Even the Muslims were saying, This is the hand of God. This ain't nothing man can do. This is the hand of God. God told me sickness, disease, tornadoes, earthquakes, hurricanes that I mean the likes of people ain't never seen is fixing come on the earth. And people to start saying this is the hand of God. And just two or three days ago, the Solomon Islands had a seven point eight earthquake and they put out a tsunami warning for Hawaii (laughs) they thought a tsunami was going to Hawaii people fixing to see a God they don't want to see it's gonna be a God of wrath it's gonna be a God of wrath you hear me God's tired of sin and he's more tired of sin in the church than he is in the center we expect it out of the center but I don't expect it to be in the house of God but I'm gonna tell you something. Sins infiltrated the house of God, and if we don't get down to prayer and seeking God and get the Spirit of God to begin to move the mind and the spirit that's taking people over, it's fixed to take over this whole generation. Because people are doing reason. Young people are the way they are today. what's been taught. There's been nothing to stand up against perversion and evil. Uh, even the way my kids was raised. And, and the spirit they was around, the miracles and deliverance they see, they're just a casualness about homosexuality with them. You know why? It's what they taught in school. It was drummed into them. Their friends started doing it. It was just a mindset got in people. People got a mindset now that they can live any way they want to. And, and it's in the church. The church thinks she can live any way she wants to. What was that scripture the Lord give you? Oh, so was it Psalms fifty? She was telling me about this yesterday morning, I said, Oh my god, if I don't describe this generation Well I done lost Psalms. Y'all ha y'all hang on. <laughs> it's in here somewhere. Okay, y'all, listen to this. I'm in Psalms 50 in verse 16. It says Kathy, you got your God's Word translation. I may get you to read it out of that after I read this. But unto the wicked, God saith, "What hast thou to do to declare my statutes, or that thou should take my covenant in thy mouth?" Seeing that thou hatest instruction, and castest my words behind thee. In other words, what God saying, why are you quoting my standards, my decrees, my laws? Why are you quoting my word when you ain't living by my word? People today will take the word of God, and they will stand on it, they will declare it, and they will ask God to keep his word when they know they're living ungodly. And won't think a thing about it will not think one thing about it won't take instruct you can't instruct people today I've never seen people like they are today I have people want me to counsel with them I'll give people counsel I'll talk to them. and brother Kevin they'll turn around and do exactly what they want to don't care do not care what my instruction are do not care that I've sought God in prayer and that God's dealt with me about their lives. Don't care. They're going to do it their way. Well, go ahead. Elvis Presley done it his way, and you see where he's at. It's a shame that somebody so talented and could have made a great preacher. He's raised in the seminary. got church raised around the Holy Ghost. That's the very reason he could do what he'd done. God gifted him. God had a purpose and a call on his life. But fame got him. Fortune got him. The very thing Satan tried to tempt Jesus with in the wilderness. Got him. Man, I feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place today. When thou sawest the thief, then thou consented with him, and hast been partaker with adulterers. Thou gavest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speaketh against thy brothers. Thou slandereth thy own mother's son. These things have I done. And God said, because I kept silent, thou thoughtest that I was altogether such as one as thyself. Because God didn't judge and come out in his wrath, people got the attitude, it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. That describes this generation right here today. Y'all hear me? This describes a lot of religious people. They think because God ain't broke out in judgment, in wrath. And then something I was trying to tell her the other day. I said, people's come to this understanding. They think God thinks like they do. "No, No, God don't. God don't think like you do. He said in Isaiah 55, He said, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon me while I'm near. He said, For my thoughts ain't your thoughts. And my ways ain't your ways," he said. "As high as the heavens is from the earth," he said. "That much higher. That's how much higher my thoughts are than your thoughts, and my ways are than your ways." But see, people got this idea because all this stuff been put out here, and a lot of this, all this Hollywood stuff, has made hell a joke. Has come out with all these movies where people think they can commune with God on a carnal level. You don't commune with God on a carnal level. He's spirit. He's spirit. You don't commune. God ain't like you. These things thou hast done, and I kept silent. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such as one as thyself. But I will reprove thee, and set thee in order before thine eyes. Now consider this. Ye that forget God, lest I tear ye. In pieces. See, people don't, people don't want that kind of God. People push that kind of God. Into the, oh, God's love. Yeah, God's love. This God right here said, I'll tear you to pieces. Even Joshua told the children of Israel, said, God's done you good. God's blessed you. God's prospered you. And you turn away from him. The Lord said, I'll hurt you. Did he not? Y'all quiet on me today. See, God's fixing to deal with sin. He's fixing to deal with sin in the church. God can't deal with sin out there, Sister Pat, till he deals with sin right here. Can't do it? Why? He said judgment must first begin where? This is the house of God. (laughs) This is the house of God, but this is the house of God. God got to deal with it here first. Because if he don't deal with it here, he can't judge the sinner. Because you don't set a standard. You don't live righteous. You don't live clean. You don't live upright before God. Why should God turn and and tear the sinner up and let you go? Ain't going to happen. You know, we'll all see somebody that we think's a sinner. We'll cast judgment on them. We'll look down on them. And we'll want God to judge them. God said, I've got to start with the righteous. i got to start in my house. He said, once I clean my house up, set my people in order, he said, then I can deal with sin that's without. First, got to deal with it inside the camp. we got to get sin out of the camp first. Y'all with me? And there be none to deliver. God said, when I start tearing you up, Ain't nobody going to take you out of my hands until I get through with you. And you know, I made the statement many times in Fort Payne because the Lord spoke to me. He said, there's coming a day I'm going to roar out of my place. Brother Michael said, the Spirit of the Lord fell on him the other day, spoke to him, said, I'm fixing to roar out of my place. He said, I'm fixing to roar out of my place. He said, I'm speedily going to bless the people that live righteous. I'm speedily going to deliver. And and move and deal with the people that live wrong. Speedily. Ain't that what Christopher said? Speedily. Quickly. That's what the Lord told him quickly. And my son called in the other night and was on the phone and Lisa and they listened to the Bible study and commented on the Bible study. And that first of the year, I'm gonna try to get four or five churches to come together. We're gonna Bible study either over the live stream or FaceTime or something. We're gonna start studying the Word of God and get all these churches to come together. There's gotta be a unity, children. We've got to come to the place where to have the same mind, the same judgment, and preaching the same thing. And there's got to be a standard lifted up. Because if we don't get a standard lifted up, this young generation and their mindset, I mean, a lot of these kids in this generation, they don't have any hope. They don't, they don't have any hope. They look at the world. They see the mess the world's in. They see where their world's going. They don't have any hope. And no only going to give them hope is an act of God. The only thing going to give them hope is an act of God. Amen? Hallelujah. I just I don't I don't know that just hit my spirit, but it's not one I want to deal with if the Lord can get me over there. But uh, I don't know exactly where to start on this. Uh, did you print these out? Okay, but the Lord started uh, dealing with me now. Just just hang on to them because there's a lot of scripture and everything on it. I probably got four pages of scriptures. Uh, on this but I want to I want to talk to you if the Lord let me go there and I know this is different but I think it's something we need to know because there is a difference between just getting saved and serving God and going to heaven and eternal life there's difference and I won't try to break it down to you because I feel like God opened my understanding on something this morning I love it when a plan comes together (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Sister Susie started asking me the other night, the f- very first question of the Bible study was, she said, I want to know about this redemption of the body. Because my spirit man is redeemed, but my physical body is not. Your spirit man redeemed. Man, if my physical man was in good shape to my spiritual man, <laughs> I'd be in good shape. But I'm waiting on a complete adoption. Got the paper filed. <laughs> you know when? Ah, uh, and let's just go to Romans eight, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this. And if I get into a bunch of stuff that, you know, y'all, y'all gonna look at me like I'm crazy. You just blame it on Sister Susie, cause. She started all this the other night, man, you talking about studying scripture. my goodness I've got into some scriptures. We'll have to find it okay I'll just start at verse fifteen in Romans eight. y'all there with me let's just let's just go there and we'll just Man, if we can't do nothing else, we'll just get this nailed down. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. See, when the spirit of Christ comes in, it sets in you, it sets something in motion for you to be adopted, for you to become as he is, for you to become a son just like him. You know, when a child's adopted... And the adoption is complete, all the papers are signed, and that child comes in that family, then he has every privilege, Brother Kevin, that those that are born in that family. He's given every privilege. So that's what the spirit of adoption is us being Gentiles. We don't have the privilege to the blessings and promises of God being a Gentile, but once we accept Christ and that spirit of Christ comes in us, it starts an adoption. It starts an adoption. And Paul said we ain't received the spirit of bondage again to fear. The spirit of bondage is the law. We ain't received the spirit of the law, but we have received the spirit of Christ or the spirit of adoption. It's starting an adoption. It's legally put the paperwork in place for me and you to be adopted if we do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. But let me tell you something. You don't do what's right, God will write you out of his will you ain't never heard anybody getting rode out of a wheel. We're going to inherit if we're obedient. Amen. We're going to inherit. So we've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba Father, or My Father, my Father. The spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. This is our inheritance. This is what God has promised us. Because when we get saved, we're all children of God. But the adoption ain't just to the children, it's to the sonship. Woo! <laughs> That's why I'm fixing to show you the difference between salvation and eternal life. Hang on, we going. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs. The word joint means equal. The word joint means you inherit the same thing as what Christ he- inherited. And I know I've told y'all this, but years ago, I think it was in 1963, my daddy studied and prayed a lot of an evening. And he was reading his Bible one evening, and the Lord spoke to him. He said, I'm going to give you the secret of eternal life. so daddy you know went on a few days I don't know how long it was but several days that Daddy was reading and he read a scripture and the Lord said that's it he said what's it he said what you just read is the secret of eternal life and he had just read Luke 6 and 40 which I may not get the quotation exactly right but said the disciple is not above his master But he that is perfect or mature or complete in God shall be as his master. So, if we're going to put on eternal life, we're going to become his Jesus, the Christ. I ain't talking about just like he was. See, that's what I thought for years, that I could just be like Jesus as he walked this earth. But then in 2006, the Lord spoke to me about what Paul said in Philippians 3 and 10 where Paul said, I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering, and the power of his resurrection, if by being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And the Lord started showing me, Sister Pat, that I could have the resurrected life and power of Christ because that was his inheritance, and I was an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ. I could have it right here. Everything the church has preached is up there. Every uh, Eternal life, everything. It's been put up there. Power, authority, dominion. When well, you go have power when you get to heaven, I don't need it in heaven. <laughs> need it here. I don't need to cast out devils in heaven. Hope ain't going to be none there. Two-legged or whatever. <laughs> Hope ain't going to be none there. Are y'all with me? But the church is taught that getting saved, living for God and then going to heaven, they've taught you that's eternal life. It's not. Fixing show you the difference. Can y'all wait? (laughs) That just spoils everything. And if children I'm verse seventeen, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. And see, I told you all, we fix and go through tribulation. Churches taught you don't go through tribulation. Now the tribulation is going to be the sufferance of Christ. And if you don't suffer with him, you ain't going to reign with him. If you don't suffer with him, you ain't going to be, going to be glorified with him. Am I making sense so far? He said right here. He said if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together what did Jesus come into when he when he was glorified he come into the priesthood he come into total authority dominion he come into eternal life he come into immortality I ain't just gonna die and my soul go to heaven I'm facing possess immortality he said brother met you crazy you just hide and watch because God is revealing this for a purpose God is revealing this somebody got to seek for this somebody got to believe see I ain't just preaching something I believe what I'm preaching I believe what I'm telling you because it's been revealed to me and I believe it's for a generation to possess it you know back in 97 I, I, I told you all about that dream I had about that little boy running around on that cliff that mama and them two girls and that little boy, it was almost like it was my kids and my wife at that time. But as in 97, I saw that little boy about 7, 8 years old, which had been about the age of my son, running around out there. And that mama said, son, be careful. You're going to fall. She ain't no more got the words out of her mouth. That little boy looked there and said, oh, mama, don't worry about me. He got to the edge of that cliff and it broke off underneath him He started falling. Just falling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet. Like Grand Canyon just falling down, down. And that mama screamed. And I saw an angel of the Lord fly down and grab that little boy in his arms, fly back up and set him down at his mama's feet. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I will give my angels charge over thee, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone, they'll bear thee up. And, and when that happened, I broke myself out of the dream, Sister Pat, and I sat up in the middle of the bed, and I screamed at God. I said, God, where is this people? He said, they're not yet, but I am creating them. That was almost 20. Next year will be 20 years. He said, I'm creating them. And he took me in Psalms 102, and it talks about a generation that shall be created to serve the Lord. A generation. He's creating a generation that's going to serve and praise God. Let me see if I can find it for you. It's in my notes. Hallelujah. One hundred two eighteen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Somebody got it there. was it say? Because I'm fumbling all over my papers here. <laughs> this shall be written for the generation or the age to come god is creating the people god is creating the people you hear me he's creating the people right there he said that shall praise the Lord it's in Isaiah, it's in Psalms, it's in Peter are you hearing me when he said ye shall be what? a chosen generation a royal priesthood a, a, a holy nation a peculiar people somebody tell me where is a Psalms 91 people? have you ever seen them? have you ever seen anybody that lived by Psalms 91 that he said nothing will touch you, no evil shall befall you and neither should any plague. Come now thy dwelling, you won't have to fear the arrow that flies by day nor the terror by night. He said, Only with thy eyes shall I see the reward of the wicked. Have we ever seen such a people? Know why God is creating them now. This is our inheritance. We will be that created royal priesthood, holy nation, chosen age to possess the the ministry of the Christ, the Melchizedek ministry. Ministry. This is us God's talking about. How I many y'all remember when Elijah got up on that mountain and heard Sister Susie talking about it? Or wherever he was, and he sat down under that juniper tree. He said, Lord, just go ahead and kill me. <laughs> just go ahead and kill me. He said, I alone. You didn't meet nobody else. He said, <laughs> Boy, you feeling sorry for herself and then son. he said here I am all by myself he said they've torn down the altars they killed your the prophets and he said I alone him left to stand up and God said Elijah he said let me just enlighten you about something he said I got 7,000 that ain't never bowed their knee to bail nor kissed his image you ever seen 7,000 come out in the spirit and power of Elijah you ever seen 7,000 come out and live holy and live clean like what God? No, it was in the foreknowledge of God we're in the foreknowledge of God there's a people predestined and foreordained to eternal life are you hearing me in Jeremiah the first chapter God spoke to Jeremiah he said let me tell you something young man he said before before the world was I knew you before I formed you in the belly I ordained you I ordained you to be a prophet under the nations before I ever formed you in your mama's belly I ordained you There are people that are ordained to eternal life. Not just to get saved and go to heaven. But they are ordained to eternal life. And I feel like the people God's put in this church. God is opening secrets and mysteries to you. Because you're ordained to this. You're ordained to this. Y'all listening to what I'm saying. Hallelujah almighty oh, God thank you Jesus and in John 6 if y'all want to go there when Jesus began to talk about the living bread when he began to tell people you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood to have laughing and then when he got down to the end of it some said it's a hard saying who can hear it are you hearing me? My God, I feel the power of the Spirit of God. Verse 65 in John 6, and he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. This is not salvation. This, the church has preached this salvation. This ain't salvation. This is eternal life. This is eternal life. Are you hearing me? Anybody can fall on their knees I, and call on the name of the Lord and get saved. I, but when God's got a purpose for your life and begins to draw you I, into his presence, into his mysteries, I, into what he's ordained you for, I, you ain't going there unless the spirit draw you. I, Jesus said, I am the door. I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I, and no man cometh unto the Father except he come by me. I, you got to come through that door. I, are you hearing me? I, any of you, anybody, anywhere, He said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Romans says it. Joel 2 and I think like 30 says it. That whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered. But when you come to God, when you come into his presence, when you come into that place in God, that place Jesus said that I'm going to go and prepare for you. You've got to be drawn with the Father. This ain't salvation. See, the church has taken a lot of things they didn't understand. And they've tried to make it make sense. Are y'all with me? You're gonna love this revelation, sister cat It's gonna take away a lot you've been trying to figure out. Hallelujah. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. There's a lot of people around here that'll tell you I'm a man of God there's a lot of people's raised up under my ministry around here they've had miracles they've had deliverance they've had healings, they've had God move in their life they'll tell you in a heartbreak brother matters a man of prayer brother matters a man of miracles brother matters a man that lives righteous and holy and walks up right with God but you know what they won't walk with me no more they won't walk with me no more because I'm going down a straight path. I'm going down a different path. I'm going down if anything different than their doctrine they've ever heard. And they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And he said, many turned and walked away from him. Walk no more with him. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me? Verse 67 then said, Jesus under the 12. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I ain't got 12, but I got seven. And Jesus looked at him and said, will you also go away? Will you also go away? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? He said, for thou hast the words that's going to take us to eternal life. He didn't say salvation. My God, all they had to do was repent and believe that you can get saved. But he said, thou hast the words of eternal life. Big difference. I going to inherit eternal life. God be my grace and helper. Hallelujah! Then Simon Peter answered, said, "Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe, and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Hallelujah! Do you know God set an eternal life before you? Do you know God set an eternal life before you, giving the opportunity, giving you the privilege? wants to give you the understanding and the wisdom how to possess eternal life how to enter in to, uh, to eternal life to everlasting life glory be to God everlasting life and eternal life's one in the same everybody is going to die that isn't in the coming of the Lord everybody in this resurrection I'm fixing to get into I mean if the Lord tarries we all gonna die am I not right and somewhere we all gonna be resurrected, and we all gonna live eternally in a body, either to e- uh, either to live forever with the Lord or eternal damnation, right? You will be given a body. In the judgments you will be given a body. Even those who've been rotted, gone dust back to dust, been cremated, been buried at sea. It says in the sea, everything shall give up the dead i going to give you a body back. He's going to give you a body back. That's how you're going to be tormented. In those flames of fire if you don't live right. Are y'all listening to me? So, everybody's going to live. Even if it's the eternal judgment and condemnation, you're going to live. Amen? Are y'all following with me? Glory, Hallelujah! Let me see where I want to go. Go me to Second Timothy. Man, I love the Word of God. You won't get me high on something. Start talking about Jesus. Start talking about the Word, man. You'll get me high in a heartbeat. You know, I I totally surrendered, to the Lord. And I was nineteen, and I was raised in the LSD. Pot smoking, acid dripping <laughs> drug generation. If I'd have wanted to got high, I coulda. I coulda definitely got high. And I had one of my friends that I went to school with. They asked me one time, said, "Don't you want to get high?" I said, "Man, if I won't get high, I said I'll get high on Jesus." Amen. I said, "There ain't no hangover, there ain't no after effects, there ain't no side effects." I said, "I just get high on Jesus." And I said I can stay high on him, and I said there ain't no hangover. <laughs> you know all people trying to do is find peace. I said, man, I got peace. <laughs> get me high on Jesus. You get me talking about the Lord and get something stirred up in me. Just like my sister Susie, we start talking about that. And I'll try to get back to that in a minute. We start talking about that redemption of the body. Man, when I was looking up at the scriptures, redemption of the body is like that Lord spoke to me about eternal life. I said, Woo. <laughs> all right, here we go. 2nd Timothy, 1st chapter, 8th verse. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. There are afflictions that go with this gospel. Every gospel ain't going to be persecuted, but this gospel of the kingdom, it' going to cost you something. You gonna suffer for this. You will suffer for this. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. It ain't got nothing to do with your works. Let me tell you something. There's people everywhere run themselves to death for what they call ministry. I mean, they'll wear their physical bodies slap out. And the sad part about this, ninety percent of it ain't works and ain't got nothing to do with the will of God. They just do things. I heard a man say years ago that people will live 30 and 40 years and preach and go for God and never come in the first phase of their ministry because they get caught up in works and just going 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 to that's the reason I've tried to admonish and teach y'all wait till the Lord sends you out you know Paul and Barnabas stayed in the church at Antioch I believe it was Barnabas could have been Silas but anyway after they fasted and prayed and they stayed at their church in Antioch the Holy Ghost said, Separate me. I believe it was Barnabas and Saul. He was still called Saul at that time. For the work or for the ministry that I've ordained them to. And after they fasted and prayed some more, they laid hands on them. The Bible said they were sent forth by the Holy Ghost. I have people all the time say, Kathy, want me to come somewhere and preach? I said, Only if God leads me. Only if God orders my steps that way. Only if God ordains that that's the way I should go because I didn't see too much happen in this generation my daughter and her husband just had the baby they went to Charlotte North Carolina for a wedding several weeks back and did you know the very next week the streets of Charlotte were filled with these riders and protesters and people burning and looting and busting up cars and y'all remember that it's probably been a couple months ago and I think it was the day after they got home. See, that was God's mercy. You can go somewhere in ministry, and if you ain't led by the Spirit of God, you can walk into trouble. You can walk into trouble. That's the reason I, I, I do my best to teach y'all. Wait on the leadership of the Spirit of God. I see I see people all the time posting on Facebook. Somebody call me and want to come preach. If you got an open door, if you got an appointment, if you need somebody to come preach a revival, just call me, text me, inbox me, do something. I'm ready. I'm serious. I thought God, I've never seen such ignorance about the working of the Spirit of God. Can they go and preach? Yeah. Can they go and preach the Word? Yeah. Well, God anoint them to a to a degree, but. When you are sent forth by the Holy Ghost, then you are effectual. Then God has ordered your steps, and he sent you for a purpose to do something more than just go preach. Because when I go somewhere, Brother Kevin, I just don't go preach. I go minister. Anybody can preach, but not everybody can minister. Y'all understand what I'm saying? The Lord told Sister Daniel several months back, and she told me and my wife, last time we got to be down, probably a year and a half, couple of years now, she said, You preach the word. She said, But you minister what you are. And you start ministering into somebody's life, you better have something to minister to them. You better have something to minister into them. You go somewhere and just let anybody lay hands on you and anybody minister to you. And I'm gonna tell you something: the spirit thereof <laughs> can get in you, it can get on you, it can mess you up. Because there's a lot of people out there preaching that ain't dedicated to the Lord and ain't being led by the right spirit. That's reading the Bible says, "Lay hands suddenly on me. I ain't going somewhere just preach. <laughs> that's uh, that's something I just want. Ah, uh, verse chapter 13 the book of Acts and I may be all over the place with this good teaching first verse now there was at the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrenus and Manan which had been brought up with Herod the patriarch and Saul see well there's somebody there that had come up under Herod the patriarch and they were with Saul Paul they brought up with him. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. See, they were sent forth, they stayed right there and they fasted and prayed and worshiped God and all these ministries I've told you all this before the Lord showed me all these ministries in this church at Antioch church at Antioch wasn't having two services a week church at Antioch had some going on all day and probably half the night but the reason they ministered in the daytime fire was their light candles torches was their light in that day so all day long in that church, however big it was, there was probably four or five different things going on, some teaching, some praying, some preaching, uh, you know, instruction, prophesying, whatever. But they stayed there, Paul and Barnabas being apostles, stayed right there and waited on the leadership of the Holy Ghost. That's the reason I tell you, be led by the Spirit of God. I ain't talking about the Spirit of God lead you down to IHOP for breakfast. I'm talking about being sent forth by the Holy Ghost that where you go and what you do, you're effectual. God anoints you with a word with deliverance. There's not hardly anywhere I've ever been, whether it's for one night or two or three or a revival, that somebody didn't get a, a dynamic miracle. Somebody didn't get delivered. Why? God sent me. When I was out there in the tents, I wouldn't just go somewhere and put a tent up. I had to seek the mind of God while I was in a revival preaching. I was seeking the mind of God, when to close and where to go next. I've closed tent revivals with people standing around the walls in the tent packed out. And I've had people come to me and ask what are you closing out for? I said, the Lord told me to. I said, I'd rather leave you on a high any day than a low. (laughs) But I would have... I closed a meeting out in Greenville South Carolina after 21 days 450 nearly 500 people and people standing around the walls and God working dynamic miracles every night and moving and I was physically exhausted I didn't preached over 30 days straight and I was physically exhausted but I left them people high I left them with hope I left them with deliverance but I was led by the Spirit of God where to go and because you close a meeting out on a high, I don't mean your next meeting's going to start out with a high. I've closed them out, packed out, went the next town, opened up with five or six, and <laughs> build it up all over again. Sometimes he'd grow to a tent full, sometimes it would grow to half a tent, sometimes I'd preach 10 or 12. Because you know what the Lord told me? He said, "Some meetings, you're breaking ground, sowing seed." He said, "When you got small crowds, you're breaking ground, sowing seed." He said, when you got a medium crowd, he said, you're cultivating, you're plowing and watering what somebody else has already planted. He said, when you have a packed-out crowd and I'm moving, working miracles, he said, you're reaping what somebody else has sowed. He said, there'll be times you plant, times you'll cultivate, times you'll reap. He said, you go in and plant, somebody else will come water and cultivate. He said, then somebody else will come in and reap what they've watered and cultivated because it's what it's a body ministry it's a body ministry all right y'all with me we, we we still clicking together hallelujah verse nine who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. See, there's a purpose for you in Christ Jesus before the world ever began. Before the world ever began. God knew this church was gonna be here for before the world ever begins, Sister Pat. Before your mama was ever formed in the womb, God already knew this church was gonna be here. He had a purpose for her. He got a purpose for you, Brother Kevin. He's got a purpose for you. Are y'all listening to me? But it's up to us to find our purpose. It's up to us to make our calling and election sure. God can show you what your calling is. He can show you what you're chosen to do. But it's up to you to possess it. It's up to you to go after it. When I turned my heart to the Lord at 19, I went after what God had placed in my life. I didn't go after jobs. I didn't go after security. I didn't go after insurance. I didn't go after retirement. I didn't go after anything except seeking God and, and getting out there on the field. I turned good jobs down that I could be free to go when God spoke to me. I could have had good jobs, good pay, good benefits, good retirement, good insurance. But if I had, have, I'd have been bound to that job. I'd have been bound to the cares of this life. You may not have that call. I had to answer my call. I had to answer my call, and I had to do what God had chosen me to do, and I've done it, and now I'm fixing to reap my reward. God's fixing to take me into the fullness of this thing God's fixing to take me into eternal life I was witnessing uh, to a lady I guess it was yesterday Uh, uh, she's from Australia and she's fixing to fly back to Australia and and I was standing there talking to her I said you tell them people in Australia there's fixing to be a mighty act of God in Australia she said really I said yes ma'am I said well me and Lisa first got married God showed me back in 83 and 84 that I was gonna have great revivals in Australia one day showed me great visitation in Australia and I said in 2014 when I was preaching in our church in Fort Payne I said the spirit began to speak by me about great revivals in New Zealand Australia and all through there and he said as a sign, New Zealand fixing to have a great earthquake I, that happened about a month ago I, he said then Japan Fixing to have one that happened about a week after New Zealand. Are you hearing me? And now that Solomon Islands, he said, all up through that region, there's going to be seven, 7.5, eight, eight and a half, and nine point earthquakes. He said, the Philippines is going to have one. North Korea is going to have one. He said, I'm going to shake that whole part of the world. I I said, You go tell them God's fixing to send revival. I I don't think she knew how to take me. But I told her, revival's coming to Australia. Revival's coming and revival's coming why the ministry of the Son of Man that's what I was preaching on when this hit me the ministry of that Jesus on this earth is fixing to sit down in here and we're fixing to step out in the ministry of the Son of Man and great miracles and deliverance and God's going to start pulling his body together this ain't to save the world this is to bring the body of Christ together are y'all with me? you hearing what I'm saying? There's a purpose for every one of us. Before the world ever was. He said there's a purpose for you in Christ Jesus. Are y'all following with me? Y'all are ordained. Those of y'all that can hear what I'm saying. Before the world began, the end of verse 9, but it's now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. Look what Jesus done. <laughs> Who has abolished death? He's done away with spiritual death. He's done away with spiritual death for the believer that's why he conquered hell he had to take the power of hell out of the devil's hands did he not say when he's resurrected got the keys of hell and death got the keys of hell and death he had to taste of it and be a partaker of it before he could conquer it that's reading he said in Hebrews 2 and 9 I believe maybe 2 and 7 but he said He's tasted death for every man. He's tasted spiritual death for you. You don't have to go there. You don't have to go there. Hell ain't made for me and you, Brother Kevin. It's made for the devil and his angels. But those that are disobedient, they go in there. But I don't have to go there. Why? Jesus conquered it. Jesus conquered it. Are y'all following with me? He has abolished spiritual death for the believer So what he said now who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel the gospel of the kingdom has brought life and immortality to light I think we figured it up there's eight people in the Bible that was resurrected from the dead I think that's what we figured there was two in the Old Testament or three there was one Elijah raised from the dead. There's one Elisha raised from the dead. And then there's ones Elisha's bones raised from the dead. So that's three. And in the New Testament, there was Jairus's daughter, Lazarus, the young man at Nain in Luke seven. So that's six. And then Tabitha was seven. And the one that fell out of the window, Eutychus, or, that might not, they might not give him a name, but the one that fell out of the window when Paul was long preaching, that's eight. But every one of them was resurrected, but they were still mortal, and they had to die again. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, that just almost stinks. <laughs> but they got Resurrected. but Jesus when he died and was resurrected he come back eternal incorruptible and immortal so there was a difference in what he done because he conquered he conquered spiritual death and when he conquered spiritual death when you get victory over eternal death spiritual death you become immortal that's that wrote right in your head. So Paul writing to Timothy here said, Jesus Christ has abolished death. But it's now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior. Or it's being revealed. Where's the Savior appearing? Right here. He's coming forth in us. Right here. And he has abolished death and brought life and immortality to our understanding or to light through the gospel are y'all following with me Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles for the which cause I also suffer these things nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I get persecuted for this, but I don't care. I ain't ashamed. I know it's right, I know it's real, and I'm going to keep preaching it because somewhere I'm going to possess it. Somewhere God's going to reward me for standing. Paul said, I ain't ashamed of it. I ain't ashamed of it. See, they didn't just preach salvation. I'm fixing to show you they preached eternal life. Go to Acts the thirteenth chapter. Hallelujah! I hope y'all enjoying this, because I'm just as tickled as a kid with a new toy. I mean, I'm just plumb excited. About what God is doing. And I'm in Acts 13, and I'm going to read verse 40 uh, and 41, and I'm going to drop down to verse 44. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken in the prophets. Be, behold, ye despisers and wandering perish, for I will work a work in your day, a work which ye shall in no wise believe though a man declared it. there's fixing to be such acts of God people ain't gonna believe me you're gonna tell them you're gonna tell them man i seen the Spirit of God hit a man God put him flat on his back in two seconds he's standing back on his feet he didn't reach up and grab nothing he didn't try to pull himself up he went down God stood him right back on his feet you're gonna see him the miracles of Jesus what you're gonna do when the Spirit of God moves on somebody and they walk up to somebody all twisted and bent up they call a paraplegic in a wheelchair the Lord speaks to him said rise up and walk and all them limbs just bones start popping they go back together what you gonna do Jesus healed the maimed he healed the off limbs man I'll never forget I can't remember what year it was but the Lord showed me in a dream a maimed person getting healed and I like beat myself up coming out of the bed. <laughs> I got so excited. Lord took me out in a dream, and I was, I was somewhere on the mission field. Dark-skinned people, and there was this huge tent. I mean, probably had, I, I couldn't tell you how big that tent was in South America, but we had, what, 20,000 a night at least, at least and they were sitting. These people were standing so there was probably 34,000 people on that tent. And then there's people just far as the eye could see. Just 10, 12-foot side walls, and you could see being there just people, a sea of people out there. And I wasn't ministering. This other person was ministering in the dream, and, and they was having a prayer line, and they had prayer ramps where you come up, and it levels out where they can pray for the people, and then go down the other side. Alan used to have them. Roberts used to have them. All the old, just about what we call healing evangelists. But I was watching, and this woman come up on a set of crutches. And I looked down, and her foot was cut off right at her ankle bone. And that minister stopped, and he knelt down on one knee. He said, put that bone right there. Put that ankle bone right there. She stuck that ankle bone up there, says, Susie Bear, nub, like that. Before God, I speak the truth and lie not. I walked right up behind that preacher, and I leaned over his shoulder like this. I said, If God's going to do this, I'm going to see it. <laughs> I had to see that one. Woman put that, she'd balanced herself on them crutches. And that woman put that little nub right there, and reached out and got a hold of it and started praying. He did the Spirit of God, hit that woman. He took his hands off, and I watched right on the end of that nub. It's like somebody stuck a needle under her skin, that thing started blowing up like a balloon. It blowed up, got about as big as both my fists, doubled up like that, not bigger. And as I watched, I saw a foot unfold right on the end of that ankle bone. I said, oh, my God. I said, I saw it but I don't know if I can believe it or not you ever see your eyes see something and you ain't sure you believe what you saw I did and I said oh my god never seen it but it said Jesus healed the lame and the mind did he not tell us in John 14 and 12 verily verily I say unto you he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall ye do because I go to my Father. Did he not? So we're going to do these works, and we're going to do greater. You know why? He went to the Father, and he's coming back in the resurrected power of Christ. Gonna, the fullness of him going to sit down right here. Jesus never ministered in the fullness of the resurrected power. Nobody has this is what the church won't preach there's something greater and deeper than this thing we got we call the Holy Ghost because I'm gonna tell you some people ain't got nothing they got a little talking tongues they got a shout they may have a miracle or two but when it comes power over devils when it comes to miracles like this when it comes to know people ain't got it they ain't got it oh I know there's been miracles in the past I've had miracles I may not have had as many miracles These other preachers have had, but I don't know any of them I'd I'd say had any, what I'd call greater miracles. Because I ministered to a man in 92, I believe it could have been 91, that was shot in the back with a shotgun. And his spine was twisted and hanging on by a thread. He come my meeting walking on crutches. I think I told you all about him last week. That man walked out of that tent with them crutches up over his head shouting and praising God. God healed him. God healed him. I pray for people having spit up cancers I've seen people come off their deathbeds but I'm not looking for miracles I'm looking to possess the Christ I'm not praying just to go to heaven I want to possess the kingdom of heaven that's what I'm ordained to is possess this kingdom so fish happen. people ain't gonna believe it though you tell them going down to 44 the next Sabbath day came about the whole city almost the whole city together to hear the Word of God my God ain't it gonna be great we have a revival all LJ turns out all Jasper turns out Now I had a great meeting in Jasper in 2012 we probably run 75 to 100 tonight And every night I had to come out there and drive the Word against just the forces of hell. It wasn't the people. People were turning out to hear the Word. It was just a religious force of hell trying to keep the Word in the mirror. And every night had miracles. I think we had three people in that meeting healed of cancer that was dying with cancer. I know we had one because Sister Kathy Quentin's son, Fred, moved in an apartment next to one lady. Didn't even know she'd been to the meeting. Fred got his knees healed in the meeting. I came a few nights, and he moved in the apartment next door to a lady that had come to the meeting, and she got healed of cancer. And she started testifying to him God had healed her of cancer in that tent meeting. And I remember uh, Judy, I think her last name is Long. She Roger Chastain's sister. She had one leg shorter than the other. God healed that. I mean, just notable miracles, but had to break through that force every night. Just plow it down because it's just a force in the air. Had a tornado come toward our uh, heavy thunderstorm come toward the tent one night, and I was out there praying. Brother Thomas Quentin walked out there with me, and and he said, and brother matter. He said, I'm gonna tell you something. He said, these things are gonna come. He said, I, I've lived here all my life. He said, this thing gonna come right across where this tent is. He said, that's the path. I said, really? He said, yeah. Spirit of the Lord hit me, and I said, God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you turn that thing. I said, i got about 100 people on that tent waiting to hear the word. You turn that thing. You send it somewhere else. thing never came to that tent. <laughs> it didn't even try. And somewhere else didn't it, it's this cat. Philip saw that and that amazed him. It <laughs> went somewhere else. We're fixing to see these kind of things. But greater works than anybody's ever imagined. And I'm telling you, people fixing to come out of the wheelchairs, born with twisted limbs. These mongoloid, these what we call mentally retarded people. Y'all know what I'm talking about? God fixing to heal them. fixing to put them in their right mind. We saw that years ago that it was something in the mind and prayed for them. And people start coming back to their right mind. Are y'all hearing me? (laughs) These uh, these people that are deformed from birth, God's going to hear. I'm telling you, God's fixing to shake this generation with a great visitation of the Spirit of God, but the great wrath of God's going to come hand in hand. So y'all stay with me. Hallelujah. And then we're going to see the whole city turn out because they're going to hear about it. See, that's what happens in India. I can go to India and open meeting over there and have 100, 150, 200 people. I stay in that same spot five or six nights time in that meeting I'll have forty fifty sixty thousand I've done it that's the reason when I went to India with sister Angela Abraham the first time I said don't bounce me all over the country next time she go two nights here two nights there would be 200 miles over here 200 miles over here I said leave me in one spot leave me in one spot I preached an open-air crusade two nights had it set up and i don't know if anybody else preached or not but i had two nights there and found out when i started to walk on the platform she said uh oh brother matter just wanted to tell you (laughs) she said the law shows up you get arrested i said really now's a fine time to tell me (laughs) i said now i says anybody else gonna get in trouble she said, no, just whoever's preaching. I said, so they ain't going to bother none of the evangelistic party? She said, no. I said, all right, I'll preach. Because I want to be sure what's not going to happen to them. So I had about 500 people that had chairs out there. They was seated and standing. And I preached, and I went to the prayer line. One of the first ladies in the prayer line had a gordon in the throat beat my fist. It's on the cover of one of my newsletters, back no 06. Some of y'all may have it. But. I put my hand on that woman's throat and my interpreter I told him I said now I'm gonna pray for this thing I'm gonna curse it and when I tell you to you tell her to swallow you explain to her what I'm gonna do and he explained to her, and she shook her head okay and I was praying the Spirit of the Lord hit me and I cursed that thing I said "Now swallow she swallowed that go to what disappeared but Michael had never seen a physical miracle he standing about 15 feet away from me he saw that. Since the angel Abraham was standing right beside me when I took my hand off that woman's throat, that gorilla was completely gone. I mean, been sitting up there almost like a baseball. That thing was completely gone. She reared back. She punched me in the shoulder and screamed. She said, My God, that thing's gone. I just turned and looked at her. I said, What'd you expect? I knew what God was going to do. So we're fixing to see. Y'all hear me? Had about 500 people that night. Come back the next night. 1,500 to 2,000 people standing on that lot and standing a block down the street. They ain't tell no telling how many were standing a block down the street trying to get on that lot. If I'd have stayed right there four or five nights, probably had 15 20 25 30,000. And God working miracles. Getting people to call on the name of the Lord. Are you hearing me? When God sends you, you're effectual. Because she asked me for years. She told me probably five or six years before that. She said, Brother Meadow, because I went to India several times in the 90s. Had great miracles. Had my own meetings. Like I said, do 30, 40, 50,000. She said, Brother Meadow, there's coming a day you're going to go with me. said, so The Lord showed me. I said, All right, God speaks to me. I'll go. And so it was down to ministers' meeting in 2006. She said, "I'm going." Or 2005. She said, "I'm going to India in January 2006. She's gonna go." The Lord spoke to me, said, "Go." I said, "Yep." She said, "Yard?" <laughs> I said, "Yep." God just told me to go. So we went, and I prayed for a young lady over. It was in a little old church, about as big as this. Had two, three hundred people just packed in it. She come up. I asked interpreted so what's wrong. She said, She can't hear. I said, Which ear? He showed me she had that scarf over her head. I said, Tell her to move her scarf. She moved her scarf. She did. There wasn't nothing there but a hole in the side of her head. She didn't have an eardrum, earlobe, nothing. Just a hole right there. I thought, boy, y'all don't make it hard on a fella, do you? <laughs> I just put my finger in that ear. Looked up to the Lord. Ask God for a creative miracle. She started hearing in a hole in the side of her head. See, that's the kind of things. That's the kind of things that God's fixing to do again. He's going to do it in multitude and magnitude because we're just operating in the rain. <laughs> we're fixing to get the former rain, the latter, and the former. We're fixing to get it all. That's what God told me. We're going into a new beginning. He said in the first month will oh, cause to come down for you. The rain, the former, and the latter rain. All in the first month, all in this new season, it's coming in. I'm trying to get there. I ain't meaning to be long. But when Jesus, I'm in mean, verse 45, Acts 13. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and spake against those things which are spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it from your inju- from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. Y'all see that? They judged themselves unworthy of everlasting life. That's verse 46 of Acts 13. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles that's why I told y'all give me the Gentiles people ain't gonna believe God they gonna get in serve God and they can't break all this old tradition it's got people subbound and ain't nothing happening just give me Gentiles give me somebody wants to believe give me somebody that's hungry for God I'm not gonna try to preach this gospel over tradition and doctrines where people sit there and just lock down on you I'm not gonna do it I won't do it I will walk out of a service Rather than try to teach people something they don't have no desire to learn or, or I won't do it. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee a light of the Gentiles that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. There was people right there that were ordained to eternal life and the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region now let me go to Revelation 20 and I'm gonna to try to I'm not gonna say slide this in quick but I'm gonna to try to break it down because I know I've been long preaching but like I said you get this get me talking about Jesus okay I'll just start with verse 1 and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand and that ain't no literal chain that's the power and authority and dominion of the kingdom and he laid hold on the dragon that old serpent which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years the Lord told me the word and the authority and dominion of the kingdom is going to bind Satan he ain't gonna be able to do nothing and cast him into a bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more to the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them which were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the Word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads. Now, that, this ain't no literal mark, this is a mindset. Or in their hands, or their right hands, that's power. There's a, there's a demonic power and a demonic mindset if come to these people. It ain't got nothing to do with no physical mark. ain't got nothing to do with no computer chip. It's all going to be spirits. So you listen to what I tell you. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now, I'm going to try to explain this to you. But it says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection over such as the second death had no power. The second death is the lake of fire. When you're part of the first resurrection, the lake of fire has no power over you. In other words, when you're resurrected, you're eternal, you're immortal. Okay? And you're going to rule and reign with Christ a thousand years. Now... Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such a second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now I want to go back to 1 Thessalonians 4, and I'm going to try to break this down and hope y'all can understand what I'm saying. I'm not trying to get in a hurry, but I know some of y'all, you know, you only preach so much. And I'm going to 1 Thessalonians 4. And I'm going to try and break this down. This is something the Lord told me way back in 95 or 96. Verse 13. Y'all with me? But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep okay for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first now right here where it talks about the dead in Christ those are the people in Revelation 20 that God is going to resurrect those that went through persecution those that went through tribulation those that withstood the mark of the beast those that were beheaded are y'all following me see we we, we never thought nothing about beheading in our time until all this Isis stuff come up now this Isis stuff come up people are being beheaded for the cross of Christ we never thought this kind of persecution would come to the Christians in the last days but it's coming are y'all hearing me now this is what the Lord told me listen what I'm telling you those that are asleep in Jesus are just good saints of God that served God loved God done a work for God or just lay members died those are the asleep in Jesus the dead in Christ are the ones listed in Revelation 20 that have done a work for God give their lives for God were martyred to the I don't believe every martyr is going to be raised I just I don't believe every martyr is going to be raised, but I believe those with the call and the anointing and the ministry like Paul. Paul's going to be a part of this thousand year reign. Boy, I got y'all on that one, didn't I? Now follow with me. He said the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's the first resurrection, is not what the church is taught. The church is taught when the Lord comes back, the graves are going to open, all the people are going to go up. They've taught that's the first resurrection. No no they ain't going nowhere they're gonna be resurrected they're gonna be right here there's a scripture in John and I've got it in the notes that it says he's gonna raise people up in the last days He's gonna raise them up in the last days y'all can y'all can look it up but now listen what I'm telling you because when he had the first resurrection he said in the rest of the dead Live not again till the thousand years are finished. So there's going to be two resurrections. There's going to be the first resurrection, which is the dead in Christ. And that at the same time that happens is what Paul saw in 1 Corinthians 15, where which we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. We're going to be caught up in the Spirit. We're not all going to sleep, but we're all going to be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trump. This is talking about the sound of the last trump. Where the dead in Christ is gonna be resurrected, then we which are alive and remain, this mortal's gonna put on immortality, this corrupted is gonna put on incorruption. We ain't going nowhere, we're gonna stay right here. And we're gonna rule and reign with Christ a thousand years. Now, at the end of this thousand years, everybody's gonna be resurrected, good and evil. They're all gonna be given bodies, they're all gonna live somewhere eternally. But y'all not listen to what the Lord put in my spirit, because I'm not going I'm not gonna go any further than where I'm going. But what God put in my spirit when I was in prayer, He said, everybody that partakes of this first resurrection, everybody that's resurrected puts on this immortality, puts on this incorruptness. He said, this is eternal life. This is eternal life. He said, it's not just dying and going to heaven. Those people are going to live again. After the thousand years reign. Those of us that are privileged to be part of the first resurrection, gonna rule and reign with Christ a thousand years, gonna become as sons of God, he said, This is eternal life. So there's a difference. My wife kept asking me, she said, she said, now they're gonna say everybody's gonna live forever. Everybody's soul that served God is gonna be and we all gonna live forever with the Lord. I said, There's a difference. While I was on my knees this morning praying, the Lord said, those that are privileged to be part of the first resurrection. He <laughs> said, that's eternal life. That's eternal life. We're going to be like Jesus and we're going to live and rule and reign with him a thousand years. Then if that thousand years is over, then the rest of the dead, those that sleep in Jesus, but they will have that privilege to rule and reign with Christ a thousand years. That's eternal life. That's everlasting life. Why? You're going to be like him. You're going to be like him. We're going to evangelize this world, and we're going to see a lot of souls saved. And the word and the authority of God is going to bind the devil for a thousand years. He ain't going to be able to do nothing. Is anybody with me? That don't get y'all excited? <laughs> it gets me excited. When I went back there, I called Lisa back there, and I said, hey, I said, let me tell you something the Lord just showed me. I said, everybody's part of the first resurrection. Rules and reigns with Christ a thousand years. I said, that's eternal life. She stepped back and looked at me. She said, I love it. See, God will always give you the answer. Always. Because there's people they can't Well everybody's gonna live forever, brother Matter. Yeah, but everybody ain't gonna be part of the millennium. Everybody ain't gonna be part of being kings and priests. Everybody ain't gonna put on immortality in eternal life y'all think I'm gonna live a thousand years in this <laughs> we can't even get 60 and seventy. <laughs> this is aching that's aching that has to be replaced <laughs> ain't it the truth I mean you get 60 70 80 years old and you gotta have start having your parts replaced I'm serious. I mean, you, you see people in their sixties and seventies, and they not had both knees replaced, hips replaced, shoulders replaced, heart transplants, kidney transplants. Am I right? But he said, "When I redeem this body," which I didn't get into, but that's going to be the same time he redeems this body. Same time we're going to enter in this millennium. We're going to be changed. We're going to be fully adopted. And everything that the Lord has paid for is going to become fully ours. And we're going to rule and reign with Christ. A thousand years. If you're ordained for it. Am I making sense to you? Don't you appreciate the Lord? Don't you appreciate the Lord? God's given us some great revelations in this church. We don't need to sit on them. We need to do something with them. We need to do something with them, children. God ain't revealing this. For you to sit on this. He ain't revealing this. For you to go home and sit around all next week and then come to church tomorrow. wonder what God's gonna show us today. How about let's doing something what God's showing us? Doing something what God's giving us. Amen. Every time I go back and listen to them prophecies on nine four and ten sixteen, and then I go back and listen to that prophecy back in 11, 14, uh, 11 9, 2014, about all them earthquakes that are administered. Man, something just stirs in my spirit. Why? God's starting to bring it to pass. Somewhere the Word of God's got to be fulfilled. That's the reason it says that it shall come to pass. <laughs> See, we want to look at what God's saying, and we're going to think 30, 40, 50, 100 years, uh-uh, God's going to do something now. Right now. That's why God's revealing this right now. That's why God's revealing this right now. There's things God has showed me that I brought out I've never heard anybody touch on. Never heard anybody touch on. When the Lord started showing me about how Jesus became our sin sacrifice and went to hell, I'd never heard anybody preach. But I got searching. There are others out there. God, but there's things God showed me that I've never heard anybody else touch on that means God is revealing this thing in a full measure and when God starts revealing something in the fullness it's time for it to happen God can give you limited knowledge on things there's prophecies and prophets seeing things all down through the generations but now God start to reveal the fullness of it time for something to happen time for something to happen amen you appreciate the Lord hallelujah God is so good
0: With the Lord. It, it's going to be a full thousand or will it be a
1: version? No, it'll be the full thousand. Millennium means thousand. We're going to rule and reign with Christ a thousand years. That's the reason when it says that it took the Lord six thousand of our years to create the universe. It wasn't six days as we know it. It was six, uh, one day with Him, it's one of our thousand years. So it took six thousand years for Him to create everything in this universe and on that seventh day which is a thousand years the fullness of God lived in man so it's fixed to happen again we're coming to the end of the sixth day since God lived in man and that's fixed to happen because that seventh day or that thousand years God sanctified as a day of rest He are fixing to rest in man again the fullness Fix the rest in him in the fullness one more time. Oh man. Hallelujah. Ah, I, I don't know. This just done something to me. I'm excited about this. Why? I can see it happening. I can see somebody possessing this. I can see somebody moving forward. Amen. You appreciate the Lord. Let's ask God to put this in our hearts, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, I ask you to open our understanding. Help us to hide this word in our heart that we sent out against you. God, give us a desire. Give us a hunger. Give us a vision. Give us what it takes to lay hold on this. Lord, you said fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Help us to fight the good fight of faith, Father. Help us to lay hold upon eternal life. This is our inheritance. This is our blessing. This is what you promised us. Give us what we need to go after it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen, I hope this has been a good service for you because I have thoroughly enjoyed it, and like I said, I know I was probably long preaching, but that just goes with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you honor the Lord and you give and do what's right in the eyes of the Lord? Yes, that'll get some people's attention. Preach on everlasting life, and it ain't just salvation. Will you do what's right in the eyes of the Lord? Come on, honor the Lord. I thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his love and his mercy. Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Well, Kevin, good to see you. Real good to see you. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Please take these notes and study them. There's probably four pages of scriptures. Four or five that you can take and study. And there's one that I didn't get to bring out. It's in Luke. And he talks about the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, You will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the prophets come and sit down in the kingdom of heaven. And many is going to come from the north, east, south, and west, and going to sit down. With the patriarchs and all the prophets in this kingdom. That means they're going to be part of his resurrection. They're going to be part of it. While they've labored for it, they laid the foundation for it. They started out. The Bible said, Abraham looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. That city Abraham was looking for was the kingdom. You all hear me? It was the kingdom. God put man in the kingdom to start with. Man was created eternal. Man was created immortal. Amen? Did I lose y'all? He was created immortal and eternal to start with. And we disobeyed God. Spiritual death and natural death took him over. So, Jesus has come and we're being reconciled back, being restored back to where God created man. It's already set before us. Let's ask God to bless this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this, Lord. Lord. God of the heavens Lord I know You're revealing something in your people Let us grab hold of it Let us press into it Give a hungry heart A desire to learn God And let us see That we can possess this Lord that it's right here right now There's something happening That your will can be wrought in our lives Bless this Offering Bless the people that's been obedient. We give you honor, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. I appreciate you. We're just going to say to be continued. Y'all shake hands with somebody and show the right hand to fellowship. We'll look see you next weekend. Praise God. God bless you.